Welcome to Plus 6 Podcast, my name is Pete, and I go by the name of Faith, our writing is Pete on Twitter, welcome to man, you know on Twitter is JeffDT, welcome to the show Jeff. Hey Pete. Eagles a little bit slow and sluggish last week, looks like they'll just add a little bit of legs and obviously a couple of players returning into that team, a little bit of an imbalance there I thought. Yeah, a lot of, lots of underdone guys wasn't it, um, we got overrun in the end and it uh, wasn't pretty. Yeah, the Magpies uh, in the game again, but just couldn't get out of the line. So, again, a pretty good uh, inside 50 differential there, but still can't get the scores on the board. So I'll be interested to see what they do with their forward line this week. I think that's the end of the, the experiment with regards to um, a tall forward line. So I think one of those tools are going out, which hopefully helps Grundy as well. So, But we'll get on to Grundy yeah. shortly. Alrighty, let's get into the podcast. So identifying correct players under 300K is important right now for bench cover and increasing profits. And obviously, the, what I'm talking about here, Jeff, is job security. Oh, for sure. Imagine trading in uh, a cheapie and he only plays one or two weeks. It's, it really stings. So anyone that you bring in from this point onwards, you know, their job security for the short term, you know, at least a month onwards is uh, is crucial. And um, it's not just for cash, Jen. I, I still feel like we're, we're, we're blessed that... There's been no laid outs and, mm. and no carnage really of of, of well, to date, and he's hoping that continues. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Alrighty, some of the bigger names in fantasy are starting to be impacted with a change in game style. So a couple of players there, Took Miller uh, is one where the, the Suns are really efficient. Uh, Jack Steele just a little bit. Um, Tom Mitchell as well. Not only with Tom, he's seeing less center bounce usage. So, and he was great in the second half yesterday, but in the first half he was hardly used. But you know that second half against uh, Geelong yesterday on Easter Monday was actually fantastic. So hopefully Mitchell, um, Sam Mitchell, has a bit of a change of heart and puts him back in that middle. But yeah, just a few players, big names from fantasy point of view, just getting impacted from a, a game style and just you know fresh ideas. Obviously Craig McRae comes in, he's got some fresh ideas. He said in his press that he actually just wants to try things. So which is that really makes from an interesting dynamic from a fantasy point of view, and that's really what we need, Jeppa, You and I, and obviously the listeners as well we need certainty and some of these coaches are just not providing it at this stage yet yeah it's uh it's tough going isn't it i mean i don't think there's ever been the same top 10 mids that have been the same top 10 the year after so we've always got to adapt and mm. and pick and and see these things as soon as we can and jump on as soon as we can for the value so um yeah like i said the, the mantle of, of those top mids and top forwards, top defenders, etc., even the rucks, it's always going to change, and we need to identify that as best as we can and as soon as we can. So, yeah, it might not mean that a Tom Mitchell's in the top eight mids this year, um, and who would have thought that yeah, come yeah, at pre-season exactly. time, you know? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have thought that for sure. I thought he would definitely be in there. But, it's, you know, it's really interesting. Go back to pre-season. We identify the Carlton situation where, you know, it could be strong centre bounce and Binderfield numbers and fantasy numbers for us, which has turned out that, that way. But on the other end of it, you know, Gold Coast, I didn't expect them to be that efficient with the ball. Therefore, you know, re- reduced numbers for Tuke Miller. And obviously we're going to talk about Matt Rowell there as well. And it's just there's no free ball allowing for them, you know, stopping out on the wing for an extra plus six here and there. It's just not happening. This is going straight through the corridor which is impacting fantasy numbers. So, yeah, some some we identified and, and some, like Gold Coast, I, I just didn't see coming with regards to how efficient they've been. Alrighty, so let's get into the next question there. So I feel now, uh, with regards to looking at some highly ranked teams, 
it's now a race to fill out those additional midfield spots. So a lot of people have been going with, you know, Horn Francis in there. Dacus, obviously, everyone's in there as well. But Josh Ward, you know, what do we do with him? And then Richelli is in there as well. And then just a couple of others. And then if you've got a mid-price in there like a Real or Caldwell, you know, it's just an, it's a really big race now. Just to upgrade them to some premium scoring players, Jeff. Yeah, I recall a couple of years ago the winner said that he, he filled his midfield by round eight, mm. and that and that stuck with me pretty pretty early um, this year. And um, yeah, I, I you know like I said, we, it's hard to identify those top eight so early, but it's it is doable, and they, they don't have to necessarily be the top eight; they can be the top twelve and and around the mark. So. No, definitely. I'm trying to fill my midfield as soon as I can um, and as quick as I can for sure. I think the defenders, most of us are set in the defence with mm. the emergence of Sicily and um, Hewitt. and Hewitt. So, yeah, those midfield spots, high ceiling players, they're critical. Yeah, just going through those top-ranked teams, which I just did before we started this podcast, you know, the M6, the M7, and the M8 are still at those, you know, there's not really deep-scoring uh, premium midfielders in there. So I think that's an opportunity where um, some listeners can really target to upgrade some of those premiums. Now, do you want to empty the bank? I'm not too sure if you really want to. But there's, you know, I've looked under, you know, at 150K, Jeff, and there's not many options I actually like where I could say, yeah, that's that's almost a really big top-eight contender. So your thoughts on that, just... Quickly. Yeah, that's where it gets difficult. So I really like Petrarca, and he's just that little bit expensive um, this week. I still don't have McRae, and again, I think they're the same price. But yeah, trying to um, trying to identify the value now is important. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a huge issue, isn't it? Like we, I don't think we need to be hell bent on them being top eight mids. We just need them to be bona fide primos with high ceilings. Uh, I think that's that's the importance that what that's what gives you the jump and i suppose the bailey smith of last week is a good example of that mm. yeah definitely so obviously then actually looking down is you know under the well, seven eight hundred range where you got taylor adams is all of a sudden down low 700s and they agreed do we go to jack sinclair or something like that you know gresham's in the ballpark there but you know still don't like that one but you know then sicily so for those who don't have sicily do you go to him and he's just absolutely crushed the early part of the year so for for, ne- for those needing to fill out defense but i agree with what you just said previously with regards to that that defense is pretty much set for most of the top ranked teams so there's not much movement there i think where you're going to get a lot of movement over the next few weeks and leading into the buy period is through that midfield and targeting players that have obviously have their high ceiling but you know again there's nothing really i like under 850k so and that's what i was looking at my team last night with the trades and what can i do to sort of uh, make an adjustment to what's ahead of me but you know there's just not much there and so if you empty the bank this week jeb what do you got next week nothing I feel like there are a few cheaper options this week. We just got to identify the value, like I've said already uh, quite a few times in this pod, as best as we can and as early as we can. There's also Josh Kelly sitting there as well, and I felt like his midfield role was a bit more prominent um, against the Demons, and they did get pumped, and it was hard to get their hands on the ball. So, yep, yep. yeah, there's a few players there that, that we can definitely look at, but... You know, nothing's guaranteed, is it? We've just got to look at what the data is and, and work with that. 
Yeah, interesting really on Kelly. I think he had some ownership there, which, you know, could be just, just above the top, just below the top ranked teams, excuse me. So therefore, do you want to head into that? I still think it's okay. Toby Green comes back into that team. I think that's good for Kelly. So get him into that midfield. His centre bounce numbers were actually good on the weekend. But the one thing that's really sort of bubbling away at GWS at the moment is that, you know, the Leon Cameron situation, you know, you know they've started the season really poorly again. So, you know, are we looking at a, a coach change situation at the end of the year or sometime throughout the year, which actually impacts fantasy because, you know, it just creates volatility and uncertainty. And as I mentioned to you early in the pod, uncertainty is not what we want from a fantasy perspective. So, yeah, it's really interesting. But Kelly's a superstar. So for me, and I said this a few weeks ago in the pod, he's in the middle, man. He has to be in the middle. But we still need to really reflect on what the coaches are actually doing. And, you know, obviously um, the Giants are stacked for midfielders. So uh, just just a plenty watch. But I think Kelly, yes, is a good target. Alrighty. So maintaining uh, updated with the latest news obviously is crucial. So Patrick Cripps last week, Jep. So just, just before you head off and your thoughts on what you could expect this week. Um, uh, one, Firstly, one question and I'll just provide some information. So did you keep him? Yeah, I did. I did in the end. I, I decided once... Um, McGuinness scored 62. That was worthy enough of keeping. And, um, yeah, I've got my fingers and toes crossed for this week. Alrighty, we are talking AFL Fantasy season-long classic mode. The discussion is pre-round six. This podcast is being recorded on Tuesday night, April 19. And, of course, the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Jet, we're going to get into some ownership here. So, round five, so I'm going to go through the rucks. So, Max Gorn, 80%. Brody Grundy, 36%. Jack Hayes, obviously, the cover for the Braden Proust situation, 28%. And Hugh Dixon. And 20% I'll run through Tim English in the forwards in a sec so uh, your thoughts on any one of those Jeff? No that's all all making sense and now um, with Bruce back in it's interesting how it'll pan out Onto the defenders, James Sisley, 100%. George Hewitt, 100%. Lockie Whitfield, 88%. Jaden Short, 84%. Jack Chris, 76%. Nathan O'Driscoll, 64%. Jordan Dawson, 32%. And Jack Sinclair, 20%. Thoughts there, Jeff? No, no surprises with those players. I think, like we said earlier, the defence is pretty set for many. Okay, on to the midfielders. Nick Dacos, 100. Jason Horn francis 100. Lockie Neal, obviously high, 92%. Jack McRae, 72%. Andrew Brayshaw, 72%. Jack Steele, 36%. Matt Rowe, still there, 32%. Matt Crouch, 28%. Tom Green, 28%. Josh Ward, still on the field, 24%. Callum Mills, 24%. Bailey Smith there. It's a little bit of ownership there. 20%, obviously, high score. And obviously, some of those teams have, have nutted out their defence and other parts of the ground and have Bailey Smith are starting to filter into their top-ranked teams. But, yeah, some, you know, Josh Ward and a couple of others still on field, and that's to do with Patrick Cripps, potentially, Chip. Yeah, and there's quite a good spread with uh, those players around the 24% mark, wasn't there? So these are where the PODs have come in a little bit. Um, I'm a Mills owner. I brought him in last week, and he's only 2.5% owned. Okay, on to the forward line. So Josh Dunkley, 100%. Nick Martin, 100%. Will Brody, 100%. Zach Butters, 96%. Tristan Cherry, 76%. Stephen Cornelio, 72%. And drops off a little bit here. Isaac Henney, 44%. Back onto Tim English, 44%. A uh, bit of split there uh, into the ruck position and also the forward position. And Joshua Shelley just on the field there, 28%. Adam Trelaw, a little bit in there as well. Bit of a bounce back at 20%. Uh, thoughts there, Jeff? No, no surprises there. I think um, 
with some DPPs that might change a bit, but it obviously depends on scores. Okay, top three targets for you for round six, assuming you don't own any. So for me, I really like Petrarca this week. Um, super keen to have him. Wish I could. Can't do it. Josh Kelly's another one that I mentioned earlier. And Clayton Oliver as well. So a couple of Ds in there. And um, not that I have both, but both targets for sure. Yeah, for me, it's, I've got Sam Walsh in there as well, uh, Ben Keys and Christian Petrarca for my top three there. Already on to notable low break even. So Nathan O'Driscoll minus 17, Malcolm Roses there at minus 10, Hugh Dixon there at zero, Braden Proust at seven. Still some money to be made there. Sam Hayes now in there and starting ruck for the Port Adelaide team for a, a long period of time. He's on seven. Uh, ben Hobbs there, good start to his career. Not at nine, some centre bounce usage late in that game as well. So break even again of nine. And Finn Callahan, the scores weren't there. He got some scores there late, so he was stuck out there on the wing. But yeah, obviously you mentioned against Melbourne, so that was a really tough matchup for him to be out on the wing in his first career game. But he looked pretty good, and obviously hit a couple of quality targets there as well. So thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? So yeah, Roses um, had a bit of mid centre bounce usage um, in there. Not not too much to get excited about, but it was quite interesting. I think he came to, to light. I, I really like Hobbs's game. Really tough at it, much like he's uh, under 18 and created date. So yeah, there's a couple couple to pick from. Um, many of us, uh, you know, traded in Hayes off the bat on the back of Lysett's injury, and those that didn't would definitely bring him in this week. So job security key key point. And then the scoring ability, also a key point. Ben Hobbs, a little bit expensive for my liking. But um, hopefully there's a couple of other basement price rooks that come put their hand up for this week. Yeah, I like the Hobbs pick. Uh, but for me, uh, you've got to be looking at Zach Merritt coming back into that team shortly and Jake Stringer there as well. So what does that do to his um, job security in there? I thought he was actually really good. And in his post-game press conference, uh, Ben Rutten did actually say he was really good. So... Yeah, I think the opportunity is actually good for Hobbs, so we'll see how that goes. But there are a lot of moving parts there for sure. Okay, notable players potentially dropping in salary on the radar to potentially target soon with a break-even of 130+. plus. So Ollie Wines, 161. Due to return this week, Tuke Miller at 147. Christian Petrarca, 142. Tim Taranto, 133. Any of those of interest for you, Jet? Yeah, Petrarca again. Taranto will be uh, probably post-buy. Yeah, Miller uh, Petrarca there for me, that's for sure. Okay, strong scoring output with a 115 average uh, So for the season. So we're looking at four names here. Uh, Bailey Smith, Andrew Brayshaw, who's just absolutely smashed it early in the year. Ben Keyes, Josh Dunkley, any thoughts on any one of those? Well, it's interesting to see Bailey Smith missed uh, forward status, but look, he's still on the radar nevertheless, especially uh, with the recent news of Lockie Hunter being out, and I think that just helps Bailey a bit more and frees him up, but um, he'd be the only one out of that group. Okay, on to uh, a few listener questions. So uh, time to play like or dislike to finish off the podcast. We're going to do a 39-pack just to finish off. So let's get into it, Jep. So pretty much we'll go with a like or dislike to finish off the pod. We'll stop on a couple. So Sam Walsh, for me, I like, Jep. Yeah, love uh, Bailey Smith, I do like, yes. Yep, love to. Josh Kelly, I like for me. Yeah, liked Kelly. I just want to note, I felt like his midfield role was way more prominent, like I said earlier. 
Uh, Taylor Adams there, down at 731k, break even at 105, so that's where you'll probably land. But, you know, Collingwood have changed up their uh, game style, so which means potentially less fantasy points there. So is, is this a target for me? Still no. I just want to see a little bit more from what Collingwood are. But again, less fantasy points, and that's pretty much, you know, Taylor Adams out for me, Jet. Yeah, spot on, mate. It's uh, their style of play. So uh, when you drop off 10 fantasy points a game, like, well, minimum probably for Taylor... Yeah, it becomes a no-go zone. Yeah, okay, Luke McDonald. So this is obviously Aaron Hall's done his hamstring again. So, you know, you've got to be ruling out him for any time he comes in, any time soon after he returns from his injury. So Luke McDonald, it's a no, but it's a bit of a watch. Uh, but the, a couple I'll just add in here, Josh, Josh Goder and Miller Bergman, just for a watch now, because they are a half-back type player, Jep. For sure. Really got my ear out for those two youngsters. Uh, as for Luke McDonald, that's a dislike. Okay, um, Matt Real. So, you know, he's just not getting any free ball at the moment. So he was asked in his post-game press conference about the situation for Real because, it, you know, it appears from the outside he's not doing well. These numbers just aren't there. But, you know, Stuart Jew said he, they love the, the role that he's doing. So from a fantasy perspective, that's actually no good um, because he needs some free ball. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, you know, it's a bit of narrative here that Real's doing no good. Let's get him a little bit of free ball this week. So the, I'm sticking with the narrative that this week actually might be a bit of a turnaround. And with Tuke Miller going to get targeted from Brisbane, I would assume Chris Fagan's going to target him in that Q clash. I would assume there could be a little bit of free ball from Real. So for those who just want to hold on for that extra week uh, before making a decision, or if you've made a decision, you need to uh, move other stuff around in your team, Real might be an opportunity this week. Uh, but ne- never know. But for me, I'm just—it's almost a really big dis- dislike at the moment for Ralph for me. Yeah, agreed, mate. It's a huge dislike. Okay, on to Jai Caldwell. It's getting to be a situation you're going to have to trade him out. So big dislike still for me. Same dislike. Uh, Jordan Degoe. So I mentioned last week, you know, he obviously got suspended, missed a week, but you know, uh, Craig McRae is loving his midfield usage and he's got it, getting a stack of centre bounces there. So yeah, okay. so wholly unique for me. So for me, I actually like the pick, Jet. I like him as well, but he took four guys to get to his ton, but I still think there's value there. And he's pushing those top six forwards, so I'm going to say like. Yeah, Dane Zorko. So Kitty Coleman is due to come back in that t- Brisbane team, so where does uh, Zorko uh, fit in that team? I think he's actually been really good across half-back. They wanted to get him fitness up, so in his post-game press conference, Fagan was saying you know, he could play anywhere. He could play forward, he could play in the midfield. So Zorko's not really locked into that half-back wall, but he does provide flexibility to that Brisbane team, which they didn't really have last year uh, heading out as an early finals exit. So for me, this is a, a dynamic situation where Zorko could move. So for me, I'm actually going to say dislike here. I'm going to say dislike as well, mate, but just for now, and then we'll recess after the buys. Yeah, Dyson Hebel, just throw him in the mix of defenders you could choose, but, you know, most defenders are locked in for most teams. So for me, dislike here, yeah. Dislike too. Okay, Tuke Miller, so game style, it's not really fantasy-friendly at the moment. He's going to be targeted for by Brisbane, I would presume, this week. So for me, I'm actually going to say this week, and just for the short term, he's going to drop a lot more than salary for Tuke Miller. I'm just going to say dislike here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, let's see where he bottoms out and then look at it again. For sure. Okay, Clayton Oliver, it's definitely a target for me. I like. Yeah, big luck as well. Tom Green still like the pick. He's got a high centre bounce usage, so he contested numbers should be big, so I still like the pick. I'm going to disagree with you there, mate. I'm going to say dislike, just a little bit handball happy, and I, I haven't seen that ceiling consistently yet, so dislike. Okay, Jai Simkin, so he's in that midfield with the Kangaroos high. Um, I still like the pick high ceiling, but his score still obviously could be volatile. I still like the pick. I'm going to say dislike for Jai Simkin, just because he doesn't have the, 
the teammates around him to help him, and um, Kangaroo's getting thumped a bit, so it's harder for him to score, so dislike. Okay, on to Zach Butters. Uh, big midfield usage there on the weekend, and obviously there was a bit of a mix-up at half-time from Port Adelaide, obviously down by 50 points. So, you know, Rosie went into that midfield, but Butters was in that mix as well, so still a big like here for me, for Butters for me. Yeah, same like. Okay, Caleb's wrong. Big numbers on the weekend, so he comes back into that team. And I, I didn't mind it, so there's an option there, but his scoring has been volatile over the past. And, he, you know, if Justin Longmuir sets him as a, a, a for a caller or tag-type role, you know, scores could be volatile. So for me, I'm just going to sit on the fence of dislike here. I'm going to say dislike as well. Essendon was a soft matchup. Sam Hayes, so into that ruck position, and Port Adelaide pretty much got no choice here at the moment. Um, so I would say uh, pretty big light, but you just got to keep in mind, the scoring I don't think is going to be high, and really low disposals there as well. So uh, for me, he's in that team for a while, I would presume. Um, so, if, you know, they're going to offer, some, offer him some support on the ground, so we'll see how that pans out. But, yeah, I wouldn't be expecting big numbers. But for me, from that point of view of his job security, I do like yeah, it's a like for R3, isn't it? So, yeah, we we need to uh, cash in, and, and he's a good option. So, Nick Dacos. So, the question here is probably, obviously, a lot of people are going to move him to defence, but, you know, some are going to hold him in the midfield. So, if your defence is really locked without him, you know, you know, you could upgrade to a premium-type score so he can potentially pick up an extra 30, 40 points, Jep. So, for me, for, if he's staying in that midfield, you know, he's an upgrade target, but if you need him in defence, I think he's actually a pretty good hold. So, for me, it depends what you need. It's a like or dislike, Jep. Yeah, it's a like at D6 for me right now and for a while yet. Okay, on to Jake Lloyd. So, again, flat average. A uh, couple of big scores there this year, so I don't mind the pick. And bit of unique, not really owned it in those top-ranked teams, Jeff. Haven't seen the highest ceiling games from Lloyd, so it's a dislike for me right now. Uh, Tim Kelly for me, West Coast, uh, straight dislike. Yeah, dislike as well, two up and down. Uh, Elliot Yo. So when Adam Simpson goes on, pretty much I think it was pre-game or there thereabouts, and he gets on there and says, you know, we'll get his, he'll get his game fitness uh, within games. It's a bit concerning, and not only that, you know, Adam Simpson comes out and says we're not going to hang him out to dry in the midfield. So for me, monster dislike here. Yeah, big dislike as well. They really brought in four underdone blokes, and it, it just showed. So uh, pretty frustrating from a supporter's point of view, and. It's just too volatile for fantasy to be mucking around with Eagles primos. Luke Parker, it's a dislike here. So that midfield dynamic has changed up at uh, Sydney. So they've got some experience out of there because they want to develop and fast-track their midfielders for the next generation. So Parker's out of that midfield pretty much okay. Decent rate out of there. So for me, you know, the scores are going to be quite volatile. A lot of people see the drop in salary and see the name and think, you know, that's a target. For me, it's a big dislike here. I actually like it, mate. He's still getting to half centre bounces, and obviously the forward status changes everything. So um, I don't mind the Luke Parker pick. I think as the game slows down and it gets wetter, maybe, and as you need those harder bodies, um, I think yeah, it, Luke Parker's scores will come come back up and and be more consistent. Okay, on to Brody Grundy. Is he a victim of the game style for Collingwood where they're going, you know, minimal disposals, trying to get it inside 50 really quickly? Is he being pie pass for those plus sixes? I think he is, Jeb. And not only that, the Collingwood obviously had the three tools in the team last week, which really impacts him. But, you know, it's not a slow game sort of style as what we've seen from Grundy. And he was actually getting a lot of free ball on the outside last year. That is gone. So Grundy's actually might be a part of this and his numbers could be volatile. So... I still like the pick. I think if you got him, you still hold, and hopefully it turns around. He's going to have some really good matchups, matchups coming through. So um, once he gets back out onto the MCG, I think it's actually going to be okay. So we'll see how it goes. 
but yeah, just to watch the space. But I still like the picture. Yeah, for sure. No, no panic here um, with Grundy at all. I think he'll turn up against the Bombers, no problem, and then come good. Yeah, Peter Laddam, so good matchup last week. So obviously, he pumped in a pretty good score there as well. So he's short to medium term in that Sydney team without Hickey. So for me, from that point of view, it's okay, but it's not really long term from a fantasy perspective. So for me, I'm going to say dislike, but, you know, it's a little bit unique, but it's not really a long term option here. Dislike for me as well, mate. The, uh, the Anyone that plays West Coast in terms of a ruckman is going to score well in the short term. Okay, Team English, so his numbers have been pretty good from his disposal point of view. So I think it's a big lock. He's going to get plenty of balls. So big lock here for me. Yeah, love. Okay, Alex Witherden. So, so we get West Coast Eagles going to concede a stack of inside 50s. That's right in the zone of Alex Witherden. So for me, I don't mind it from that point of view. But obviously, you know, a lot of uh, uh, coaches out there have got their team defence stacked. So from that point of view, I dislike uh, because obviously the, what you have in there already is okay. But, you know, if you're looking for a different option. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a flat average at defenders, man. So it's not really something you're going to get up there for 110, 120 average. It might be, but I, I would say no. So for me, yeah, it's maybe it's an option. So just throw him in the mix there for me. Yep. No, nah, dislike for me. I just, um, I think there are way better options in defence. And, uh, yeah, he's a bit volatile. Although he can hit the 120, it's just... Okay, Max Gorn, absolutely crushing at the moment. Don't mind the pick. I love the pick. Love as well. Uh, John Newcomb, so he's right in that mid-price range. So scores are still going to be volatile there for me, Jip. Yeah, dislike for me, mate. It's, um, you know, we'll look at what's, what's happening with Tom Mitchell. It's a bit um, happy through there with, with all the mids and inside mids that they have. Okay, Matt Crouch. So, unfortunately, Rory Sloan's done his ACL out for the year. So, I think that's actually probably, you know, even though he wasn't in that midfield high in advances, Harry Schoenberg goes out of that team. Jackson Hatley's potentially an option. So, that's something else we can look at down the track as well. But from Matt, Matt Crouch's point of view, I think it's, you know, tied midfield usage here from here on out for the remainder of the year. So, I think, you know, for those that own him, I still like the pick. I wouldn't be trading him out because I think there could be a bit of a spike, but he's pretty much number three in that rotation with regards to opportunities and, you know, potentially scoring chips. So, I like the pick still. Yeah, it's probably a hold for owners um, and just wait one more week to see how it pans out. You're right. Okay, on the Callum Mills, uh, definitely a unique option there. I like the pick chip. Yeah, love him. I brought him last week. Uh, Jack Crisp, same situation. So I think his score is going to be okay. Plenty, plenty of midfield usage there for Collingwood. It's enough, either midfield or halfback for me. So I'll like the pick. Yeah, he's a guaranteed top six defender. So love. Angus Brayshaw. So highly volatile scoring situation here. Melbourne plays selfless roles. It's not really a ball situation where they're going to get plenty of ball on that, on that wing every week. So for me, highly volatile. Big dislike here. Yeah, same mate. This is a long way to go on the season. It's a dislike. Yeah, Jay Grisham, uh, again, you've hit on this, but he doesn't really hit all stat lines. And when those disposals are going to go low at some stage, uh, you're going to get hit with a low score. So for me, volatile scoring, but great start to the year from Grisham's point of view, but I still dislike the pick. Same dislike, nothing's changed. Matt Kennedy, low score on the weekend, unfortunately. It was a pretty decent matchup, I thought. So, um, yeah, I don't mind the pick still, but, you know, I wouldn't be targeting him. I'd be looking at a high premium scores uh, because I think you pretty much have to be on him at the start to hit that uh, big pay jump. So, for me, at this stage, I dislike based on where he's priced at right now. Dislike for me as well, mate. I think um, he, he's not really contender for that top 12 midfield. James Sisley is crushing it early part of the year, so there's no reason to move off him here. Uh, for those that don't own, don't own, I still think he's a reasonable price right now, so I'll like the picture. Yeah, like, it was great to watch him yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And Braden Pruce, so the situation is here. Lockie Keefe wasn't really that good on the weekend, so I wonder if they sort of move on from Keefe at this stage. 
know, therefore that puts it back in the situation. You know, a dual ruck set up by GWS and Leon Cameron. This is a highly volatile situation with regards to players in this team, uh, based on his uh, tenure at the Giants. So if it's solid, I think it's okay. But so what we're looking at right here with Proust is, you know, potentially a dual ruck set up. So I think. Um, I still like the pick, and obviously a lot of people held in those top-ranked teams, so I still like the pick. So hopefully it's not a Duroc setup, but Flynn was okay on the weekend. So for me, on Braden Proust, I actually still liked it. I like Proust, only at R2. Uh, Pat Lipinski, uh, definitely volatile scores, so time to move on, I think, Chip. Well, he's got forward status now, so it might be worth a hold for a week or two, but long-term, yeah, I think it's a dislike. Jack Sinclair, I like, I like the pick, getting plenty of ball across halfback or even when the midfield is where he's going in there. So for me, plenty of ball there. I think it's okay. I like the pick. Yeah, love him. like it too. Okay, Josh Rochelle. So I think the time is now is he's starting to match out in price, I would presume. And his scores have been a little bit volatile here and there. And he was actually targeted on the weekend from Daniel Rioli, which was really interesting that, you know, a few games into his career, Richmond actually going, he's, he's actually just too dangerous in that forward line. We are targeting him. So that's where we've seen that low score last week. So for me, I think, you know, if teams are going to start to target him, you know, their scores might be a little bit volatile. So for me, from a trade-out perspective, I like it's probably time to move on, either this week or next week from Egypt. Yeah, I agree. I think um, you won't lose sleep trading him this week. Um, and if you can hold a week, great. Uh, he just got over the line with a big last quarter last week. Okay, final thoughts ahead of round six, Jip. Uh, yeah, plan ahead, keep on top of the news and, um, you know, be wise with your trades, use them, use them well. Yeah, for me, it's obviously targeting those players, you know, under 300k that are going to be in the te- a team for a long term. So Locker Hayes for Port Adelaide. So you would expect that he's going to be there for there for a significant period of time. So uh, those are my thoughts heading into this week. And because obviously we need some buy cover as well. So you really need to think about that situation with regards to best 18 and what we have available over those buy period. All right, Jeb, uh, all the best for this week. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.